Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and our review of another busy week in the county championship. I'm Neil Mantleburn. As always, I'm joined by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison to go through all the week's action. We'll discuss back-to-back wins for an informed Nottinghamshire. Yet another win for equally informed tabletopping Gloucestershire. And we'll also be joined by the leading wicket-taker of this season's competition. The Somerset's Craig Overton sits down with Harmy to go through what has been a cracking season for him. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, despite the rain, there were 12 five-wicket hauls and eight centuries. That's the bare bones of it. But as usual, uh, we've become used to so many good storylines in the Championship this year. There were a lot of sceptics about uh, having the Championship so condensed and so early in the season. But I have to say that it has worked out absolutely brilliantly. Harmy, um, so much to catch the eye once again, as I said, despite the rain. We're, we're going to start with Gloucestershire beating Middlesex, who are having an absolute shocker, aren't they? But what, what, what's caught your eye, the overall impression of, of another cracking week? Yeah, again, man, it's something that we always talk about. When the, when the, when the Ashes, when we lose the Ashes, we blame county cricket. When we win the Ashes... Everybody says how great and strong county cricket is. It just seems to be getting, it gets pulled from pillar to post, whichever way you look at it and and how the national team does. But the one thing I will say is that so far this season, we've seen some cracking games. And the streaming, hats off, brilliant. Absolutely, again, I'm I'm again saying the same thing, repetitive, how good the ECB have done from a streaming point of view so the members can see, access. And even now there's some commentary that goes with it. You know, to have Nasser Hussain, Ian Ward, Rob Key, Michael Atherton, as well as uh, Adam Collins, I think, and, and Matt Floyd talking about the game at, at, um, at Middlesex at Lords. And it's something else we repeated time after time so far this season. How well Gloucester have done. You know, what a magnificent job Richard Dawson, Ian Harvey have done to mould a side that looks as though they're going to get into the top division, Division 1, for that 
that breakaway when it comes to potentially winning the, the Bob Willis Trophy. So, you know, fair play to them. I thought David Payne bowled beautifully. You know, he's 30-year-old, knows his action now, a lot of injuries, a lot of injury problems, but he, he swung the ball nicely. He's got a lovely action to get the ball back into the right-hander. Um, I was really impressed by him. And Bracey, again, first time you see him live on TV, um, and he, he looks as though this kid has got something. We've got a lot of wee keeper batsmen who can score runs, which is great. And it's nice to see him challenging, him, challenging himself to batten up the order. There is a place there because we don't know what Dom Sibley's going to be like. There is a place potentially at the top of the order in one, two or three spot that potentially could be up for grabs. James Bracey's been aware a lot for this winter with, with England, carrying drinks. This was his time to shine in front of the, the nation on, on, on Sky TV. Um, and he didn't let us down. He got 75. He kept wicket very, very well. And um, I'm sure the selectors will be very, very pleased by that young man's performance. Yeah, so David Payne's 11 for 87. Ryan Higgins has moved on to 28 wickets for the season. And he's, he's in the runs. He's scoring runs consistently as well. We know Ben Stokes isn't available for the New Zealand series. So... Um, is Ryan Higgins in, in line for the all-rounder spot? I think if you look at numbers, man, he has to be. He has to be talked about. When the selectors sit down and they've got the, the footage now so they can see what's happening, not too dissimilar to like a Mark Elam type from just before and during, during my time. He's not somebody that's going to uh, blast a team away with the ball, but he will be able to sort of bowl and hold it and end up hold a game and, and help hold a game for you. His wickets stand up and so do his runs. This guy's got to be talked about again, time after time. In the last two, two and a half seasons, this kid has been high up in the batting averages, high up in the bowling averages. And because you don't, but because he doesn't bowl 90 mile an hour, people think, oh, it's not fashionable. You know, this kid is, he's done his hard work. He's done his hard yards. And if you look at it now, with Ben Stokes missing the first two test matches or potentially missing the first two test matches, whether Sam Curran comes back into the contention because of IPL not carrying on and Sam Curran potentially bats at number seven or bring Mo and Ali back. But Ryan Higgins has got to be talked about. And again, another one that did it in front of the cameras and showed to everybody in the country that this kid can not only can bowl, but he can bat as well. So Gloucestershire and Somerset, the only two teams in the in the three, uh, well, not not divisions, the three groups, to have won four games. Gloucester and Somerset comfortably at the top of Group Two now. Remember, they all play each other home and away, so they're only halfway through the the round robin stage. Um, but it's difficult not to see Gloucestershire and Somerset to, um, being in the first division when they separate into the three divisions um, from the conference. So. so um, Lancashire and Yorkshire have both won three games. Gloucester and Somerset both won four, but only one team has lost four of their five games, and that's Middlesex. That, that's problematic, that. It is problematic, and we spoke last week about the, the experience they've got in, or the players they've got at their disposal well, with the bat in their hand. Robson's played for England. Gubbins has been talked about playing for England. Hanscom's played for Australia. You know, they've got some experienced cricketers in there. Um, and the same with the ball. Finn played a lot of cricket for England, Murtagh, Roland Jones, and it's heartbreaking. Roland Jones might miss some considerable time, and I hope it doesn't because he, another one has started the season reasonably well. I don't think it's Middlesex's form of the ball that's cost them. I think it's the runs on the board. If you can't get first innings runs, 
you're going to struggle to win cricket matches. And it just seems that the top six of Middlesex really, really struggling at this moment in time. Sometimes you just get one person struggling and the other, the other batsmen carry them through. Unfortunately for Middlesex members and supporters, um, it's, it, it's quite a few that's really struggling at the top of the order. Right, let's move on to uh, Somerset, who, as I said, are also in, in terrific form. Um, didn't start the season too well. Hampshire, I'll, I'll, um, alternatively, started very strongly. But they've, they've fallen off a cliff or down a pothole or something because they've bowled out for 79 in the, in the first innings. And it's a long, long way back from there. Somerset uh, made 336 to pretty much put the game way, way beyond uh, the uh, comeback for Hampshire. Craig Overton, we talk about him being the le leading wicket-taker. He also the top scorer in that uh, innings of 336. Overton at number nine, making 74. Um, Hampshire made 258. Uh, Somerset needed just a couple to win, one by 10 wickets. I I again, I mean, we know how strong Somerset are. They've been consistent performers for a long time. But Hampshire just all over the place isn't it? it's difficult to to know whether it's it's Hampshire who's struggling or Somerset who just rolled them because they were in such good form yeah Hampshire's gone off like a steam train an absolute steam train at the start of the season and then somebody stopped chucking coal on a fire it just seems as though it's it's just chugging along and it's it's it, it's it's running on air it's I, I'm, I'm and I struggle to understand you know how because you look at this this Hampshire side it's a fine side it's a very very good side they've got experience with the bat experience with the ball but it just seems as though they need to get off this losing streak, somehow find a way of getting a draw to sort of stem the, stem the tide and, and move the other way. But full credit, full credit to, to Somerset. You know, they haven't played their best cricket so far this season. They've been in games, give a, a first innings lead away in the, in the last game, I think, and, and managed to get themselves in a position to win it. And then again, the blown, the, the blown Hampshire away. And we talk about players who are on the verge of playing for England or close to playing for England and Craig Overton's right up there. This guy's got, he's got 61 wickets at an average of 13 since the start of last season in the championship. That's phenomenal figures for anybody. He's 27 year old now, the body's developing, a lot of injuries as a, as a young man and with the winter coming up in Australia where the ball bounces, somebody with six foot six, six foot seven um, at his disposal could be a handy, uh, a handy weapon to have when you go to Australia. So I'm sure he's in the forefront of the selectors' mind. And again, Jack Leach, he got some overs under his belt. Not many, but again, it's another time in the middle. Got 34 runs. Um, and it's, you just struggle to see where, where Hampshire go from here because th three weeks ago, I'm thinking that I'm saying they're the real deal. And you know, they haven't done anything anything since then. So it was probably me that's put the mockers on it. But great win for Somerset. Can they go one better? Can they get themselves in a position to the final of the championship again and win it for the first time in their history? And that's something that we put to Greg Overton earlier. Let's have a quick chat about Leicestershire's draw with Surrey. Leicestershire are doing everything they possibly can to, uh, to convince you that um, they're not the weaklings that you thought they were at the beginning of the season Definitely. you know what I particularly enjoy um, Sam Evans 23 years old and Harry Swindles who's 22 both born and bred in Leicester out of the Grace Road Academy and that, I just love to see teams producing their own youngsters and, and seeing them go on to produce success absolutely man as 100% Paul Nixon will be absolutely delighted if you the very very few people with the enthusiasm of the game 
more than than Paul Nixon and somebody like Peter Moore's just up the road at, at Nottingham. Their their coaching ability and the way they look after their young players and get every ounce out of them and challenge them in all different ways seems to be coming to the fore here. And I'm really, really pleased. And I've made some off-the-cuff comments and derogatory comments at the start of the season because you're thinking they'll be the Wibben boys. And they haven't been. They've been magnificent. So fair play, Nico. You've done a magnificent job there at getting your team in a position to to challenge for, for winning cricket matches and no bigger than, than than going against Surrey, one of the, the bigger counties, one of the test counties with England players and or international players. And to see two young players, and Evans is a one I want to touch on because if we you mentioned earlier, Manners, we are at the halfway point of the round, Robin. If we were picking a team where you think the best team of the counties so far, then Evans has got to be talked about as one of the openers. The kid's got, you know, he's got a few runs. Now he's got another 100 against a, a decent bowling attack. He's toply played this winter with England. Jamie Overton, Ricky Clark, yeah, Alma Verdi played with, away with England this winter. So to get runs on the board like that, you know, hats off, fair play. They didn't get the win. Rain came into it. Looks as though it was a decent pitch, a flat pitch there. Um, and good to see some of the England boys back in the runs for, 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 for Surrey when you talked about it and I said last week I'm his biggest critic Rory Burns he got 80 again last week he got 75 this week getting himself ready to hopefully for the 2nd of June just to hit form at the right time what is going to be a very very difficult summer for him because of New Zealand's bowling attack and the way India are best one of the best teams in the world so to see Burns and my old teammate Rocky Mark Stoneman get 119 Ollie Pope yeah, he only got 33, but I'm not worried about Ollie, the kids, the kids' class. So, yeah, I looked the flat pitch, but hats off to Leicester. They made the run in that game, um, and they're going in the right direction. And that, for me, is great for the game of cricket in this country. That the smaller counties are getting better, um, and fair play to Paul Nixon and everybody at Leicester. It was another strong week for Somerset and Craig Overton, in particular, the England all-rounder. Now has 32 wickets this season. Four more than anyone else. And actually, since the start of 2020, he's taken 61 at an average of under 14. So, will he be in contention for England's test squad against New Zealand? Harmy caught up with him a little earlier today. Well, Craig, thanks for joining us on the the Craig Collective on TalkSport 2. Um, Fantastic win against Hampshire. Somerset have started the season reasonably well. Um, and you'll be looking, hopefully, trying to go one better and win a championship for the first time after disappointment last year against Essex. Yeah, no, we've started it well. We obviously, we felt like we haven't played our best cricket, really. Um, we've, we've been winning games that we shouldn't really be winning until this week. Um, so the first well, our first game against Middlesex, we were 100 runs behind first innings and somehow scraped our way to a win. And um, obviously next week, the following week, we lost to Gloucester. And then the week after, we beat Leicester quite convincingly. And then scraped again against Middlesex and obviously won fairly comfortably this week but we don't feel like we're playing our best cricket but that's a good, probably a good side a sign of a good side that we can win games when you're not actually playing to your best abilities and um, hopefully that can turn around and hopefully this week's given us that confidence with our batters and the bowlers have always seemed to sort of find a way of getting wickets it's if we score on our friends we'll win most games which we're which we're hopeful we can do. You hear about taking wickets leading wicket taker in the country 32 wickets but I have to say, as a big fast bowler, what are you doing bowling 40 overs in the second innings? I know you're going to try and win the game, but how's the body this morning? 
Yeah, body sore. Um, obviously, I, I knew it would be sore coming to the to today anyway. But I'm I'm that sort of character. Once I sort of get my mind to it and we're trying to win a game, I'll just keep going. Um, that's just who I am. It's I get, leave everything on the pitch, and sometimes that's probably too much. And that's probably why I've had had the few injuries that I've had that I throw everything to it. And um, I don't mind bowling forty overs, but I obviously don't want to be doing it every week. But is it is this something that you feel you're going to need because you spent some time in the winter in the bio bubble, spent some time last summer in the in the bio bubble means you can't get out and go and play overs under your belt, wickets under your belt because if you do have to go back into something like that, you know, and you don't get in the first eleven, there's a lot of you're missing a lot of cricket. No, yeah, it is, um, and that's one thing that I'm trying to try and balance up at the minute, trying to make sure I'm bowling the amount of overs that so if I am selected and I'm ready for it, but then knowing that I, if I don't get picked and I've still got the overs in the bank from before that if I don't end up playing, then I've still still got those overs that have kept me in good stead and I'm then ready if selected. Is it something you've discussed with the management team? If we are if if players aren't playing in in the first limb for England, can we somehow get out of this bubble to continue this form that we're on? Because you at this moment in time yeah, you've got 32 wickets so far, five games. You know, forget, you know, you have to park one side, you know, the emotions of Somerset, but you're in a rich frame of form that you do not want to, I know as a bowler, you once you start taking wickets, he's just thinking, don't get injured, don't miss a week, I'm desperate to keep going. No, yeah, and I think that's one thing that we're trying to manage as much as possible. Um, I think it'll be better this year with with the bubbles, hopefully once we sort of get through to that June 21st date that we're, we're all hopeful for and it'll all be back to normal, that, we won't actually need bubbles and um, we can sort of come in and, in and, in and out of the, of the side and if not picked, then I can go back to Somerset and play. And that's that's the ideal thing. If, if not, then we just have to get used to being in a bubble and getting the overs in the nets. It's not quite the same, but it's, you just have to make doing it at, 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 at those times. And something else that's working, you're batting two first-class 50s this year. That number eight spot for England needs to have a, a batting element to it, especially if Ben Stokes is going to miss the first couple of test matches. Is that something you've eyed up and said, right, to the selectors, I've got overs in my belt, I've got wickets in me, in me locker, but I've also got runs as well? No, yeah, and that's that's one thing that I've always wanted to be known as. I wanted to be a, an all-rounder, and I know my batting's probably, that's the one part that's probably let me down in recent years. So I've been working really hard in the last couple of years just to try and improve that and be consistent in scoring runs. It's I'm not going to be scoring hundreds every week. It's I'm, if, I'm just adding vital contributions down the lower order and getting 30s and 40s and potentially getting 60s and 70s when when you can and because you know as as you know as a fast bowler if the tail starts scoring runs it's um it's a nightmare as a bowling side so if I can stop if our tail can add 60 70 runs and I'm getting 30 or 40 of them that's that's an added added bonus runs for us as a side and that's one thing that we want to do with England as well and you've got 60 since the start of 2020 you've got 61 wickets at an average of 13 what do you put that down to is that just you're getting a little bit older, 27-year-old now, body's more developed, you understand your action. Is it just as simple as that? Yes and no. Obviously, getting more experienced and um, understanding the lengths that you have to bowl sometimes in England that I probably didn't bowl as much when I was a bit younger. Um, obviously, you want to be bringing from using our height, but bringing the batters forward at the same time because batters don't want to be coming to forward to people that bowl from six foot eight, six foot nine. So understanding that and then um, just adding skills to the craft with the way swing it in, swing and it back, uh, wobble seams, those sort of things. Just try, just knowing, knowing my skills better and then working on a few things when I spoke to Ed Smith about trying to up my pace a little bit and 
trying to make it more my action more fluent it was already decent but it was making sure that everything was helping me be the best that I could be and for the last couple of years we've, we've worked really hard on that and it seems to be working which is good and where's the the summer where's your aspirations for the summer obviously it's for England but they've got some huge cricket coming up India five test matches you made your debut actually in Australia is it something that this next nine months is so exciting for Craig Overton no, yeah, it is. And um, that's one thing that I want to be getting back into that England side. Um, I feel like I've done OK when I've, I've been there. I haven't been the best that I can be, but I've done, I haven't, don't feel like I've let myself down that much. Um, hopefully I can get, get into the side and have a decent run of fitness and actually prove that I can, I can be there. And um, yeah, obviously all my games near enough have been against Australia. So to get back down there, down under and actually win the series would be nice. It's nice, it's, it's nice to play against Australia, but sometimes yeah. it's not nice when you, yeah. No, when you, yeah. You're playing, when you, you made your debut in, in Adelaide and you know, yeah. what a fantastic stadium that is. And I remember that was my second test match uh, in 2002. And I came away from that tour thinking, I played against this lot, I can play against anybody. No, yeah, they're a good side, especially down under, aren't they? Um, they know, they know how, to, how, to, how to win games over there. And we've, Obviously, had that one series where we where we won, and otherwise we've been scratching around there trying to find ways to win the game. And obviously, we had a good aligned experience last not last summer, last winter, the winter before, where we went down there and we beat that we beat a fairly strong Australia A side in a day night game at the MCG, which is which is good for us and gave us the younger side part of the group going giving that confidence to be able to go to Australia and win games of cricket, which was which was what the idea of the tour was. And um, it gives us that extra confidence that we can go back down there and win a few more games. And two England players that you know very, very well, Don Bess and, and Jack Leach. How good is it and how important is it that these two guys are bowling overs and potentially taking wickets for their counties yeah. when the England ran the corner? Yeah, it's massive. Um, we were obviously very disappointed to lose Bessie at our place, um, but we understood... Every, every decision that he had to make and um, we're just delighted that he's getting game time and he's um, proven how good a cricketer he is. He's obviously had some setbacks with the way it's gone, but he's, he's that type of character that he's, he's a fighter and he'll get stuck in and it showed in the last couple of games where he scored runs and taken wickets. So he's, he'll always be there and thereabouts. He's a, he's, a, he's a really good bowler and obviously Leachy, there's not, I don't think I can say a bad word about Leachy. He's, he's gone through so much and he comes, he just keeps coming back from it and, that, that first game at um, Middlesex where it was on a green green seamer and he's, he takes three or four wickets and you're, you're like, how is he doing this? So it's he just finds finds way of taking wickets. And I know we've had that rotation at our place that we play on spinning wickets, but he um, he still manages to take wickets away from home, which is which you want as a spinner. And he, he provides that control if needed when the, the seamers are taking the main role and he can do every job possible, which which we're really happy with. Now you're getting, hopefully you're going to get over that 40 over second innings, body recovered, ready for Thursday morning. Got a big test, sorry, round the corner. Is this, is this a message? Is this Craig Overcom going to send a message to the selectors when you've got some international players coming to your back garden? You knock them over and say, I can't do anything more other than take wickets and take, get good players out. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I can do. I can, all I've got to keep doing is keep performing like I am against the sides that I could come up against. And um, obviously this week's against Surrey and they've got three or four world-class batters in their side. And if I get a few of them out, then that's all I can, that's all I can do. And hopefully I get into the side from that. But it's, I'm not thinking too much about the England dreams at the minute. It's making sure that I'm doing the, the right things with Somerset and winning games with Somerset because that will help me in, in the long run anyway.
How good is it going to be to come up against your brother? Disappointing for mum and dad that they can't be there in in the ground, but it'd be nice to get one up on your brother, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I'm not sure I'm looking forward to facing them, that's for certain. It might be, <laughs> might be a few hostile balls, but um, no, it'll be good fun. It'll be the first time we've actually ever played against each other in a proper game. So it'll be interesting um, and I'm not sure how it's going to go about, but um, I'm sure we'll both enjoy it and we'll both get both get rolled up a little bit and we'll both enjoy the, enjoy the battle that we have and um, there's always been that bit of drama between Somerset and Surrey anyway with previous years and um, I, I think it'll be no different but we'll make sure that it's in the right side right right spirit and we'll both enjoy it as much as we can well, Craig you've had a fantastic start of the season fingers crossed it keeps going good luck at Taunton against Surrey this week and fingers crossed for a fantastic summer good luck man cheers Sammy thank you that was Harmy chatting to Craig Overton a little earlier today. Right, just before we uh, conclude the second half of the show, let's talk about those uh, wins for Nottinghamshire. Beating Essex by an innings and 30 runs. Essex uh, bowled out for 99. They were bowled out for less than 100 a couple of weeks ago and we thought that would just be a one-off. Well, I tell you what, it wasn't a bad game for Nick Brown. He's opened the batting there with a couple of half centuries, made 53 and 64. But... Um, there are problems there uh, for, for Essex, clearly. Um, and good on Knots because they started off in pretty old, ropey old form. Hasib Hamid still in the runs. And is there a more widely respected pro than Knots uh, captain Stephen Mullaney? Another 100 for him. He's 34 years old now, but uh, gosh, with bat and ball, he comes to the party so often. Really good win that for Knots by an innings and, and 30 runs. Yeah, it was a great win. And we wanted to see, we talked to Joe Clark last week about young player having a look at two old-timers going head-to-head and didn't disappoint, did they? Caught Moore's ball, Broad, Sir Alistair Cook for for three. Broad, he would have been would happy with that, seeing the, the round the wicket, nicked him off. Uh, looked a beauty. Essex looked as though they're struggling to get runs and that was something they built their last two or three years on. That you know, The top-order runs that Essex have been so strong at the likes of you know, Cook when he finished playing for England, Wesley, Lawrence, Tendis Carter. The, 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 there'll be a little bit of soul-searching trying to get themselves in a position to get runs on the board because we've seen time after time with Essex that they've got the bowling attack, the likes of Porter, Siddle, um, Harmer especially, that they can get 20 wickets to win a cricket match. And there was somebody else in there I don't really know a great deal about. You'll probably know more about him, Manners, because he's... Dutch passport, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe born. Um, Shane, uh, is it Santa? Seven, Later. Later, seven wickets in that in that second, in, in not to say in second inning. So there's problems for Essex, but good on nuts. Shane Snater has uh, an extraordinary story. I mean, he's born and bred in Harare um, and decided uh, after leaving school to to go and try his luck playing a bit of club cricket in Holland. And uh, the the Dutch liked the look of him, and um, he had an orange T-shirt, so therefore uh, <laughs> he he qualified to to play for the Netherlands. No, I mean it it is amazing, you know. Provided you haven't played for a, a full affiliate nation, then uh, you've only got to do a couple of years residency, and he yeah. spent enough time in the Netherlands and uh, has played T20 qualifiers for them, and he's got the Essex contract now. But I love a good story. I mean, uh, you know. Mm. I, I love a batsman scoring runs and a bowler taking wickets, but I love the story as well. And just hit the road and, and tried his, tried his hand at a bit of fame and fortune. And now he's an international cricketer with a three year contract with Essex. So uh, amazing. And just briefly, Warwick's draw with Worcester, the, the bears against the pairs. Um, 
Yeah, that was was never going to be a result there, was there, after Warwickshire batted through the first day. Um, a few bragging rights for Worcester, I, I suppose. Um, they did take the lead by 20-odd, by 364 for eight declared. More runs for Jake Libby and a second hundred for Rob Yates for Warwickshire. Yeah, again, it was another another decent pitch, but weather weather paid, compared to a lot of a lot of cricket this this round of championships this week. Um, yeah, Libby again, he's he's in the runs again. He would along with Evans and a couple others. Where if you're picking a team of a season so far from an opening batsman's point of view, he'd be he'd be knocking on the door to say, well. I've got runs on the board. So, yeah, there wasn't much going on there. Ollie Stone got some some much-needed overs under his belt. And you, you look through the, the scorecards and it's bragging rights for, for Worcester, but there wasn't a great deal or a great time to get a, a victory for either side. And, and that will disappoint because the area, the table that they're both in, Warwickshire are in second, Worcester in third. You've got Durham, who are right behind them in fourth, who didn't play, who probably benefited in that group last week. Durham were probably the beneficiaries of that group last week because of the time that was lost through rain. If they win that game in hand, they will propel themselves right up to the top of the group, which would possibly push Warwickshire or not out of the uh, the top two spots. So, you know, I think Durham were the winners, probably the winners along with Notts in, uh, in group one last week. Jake Libby, 485 runs at 97, behind only Durham's David Beddingham uh, in the averages, 113.4. Right, plenty more to come on the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 as we review the round five of uh, the county championship. We'll be talking about Jimmy Anderson after the break and a very good week, a very good week for the Northamptonshire Seamers. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to 
Visit barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and the great Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's uh, finish up with the championship review before we move on to, to other news. North Ants beat Sussex by an innings and 120 runs. This is the story of the week for me. First of all, let me just say that it was a great 106 all out from Sussex. That is a great score, given that they were 25 for seven. Ollie Robinson, not content with having to take all the wickets for Sussex, also top scored with an unbeaten 49. But uh, North Ants, having then made 441 for nine themselves with a debut, a maiden, sorry, um, first, cl- uh, first class century for Safe Zabe, he made 135. North Ants, 441 for nine. Ben Sanderson, who's just a, just a great story, and no lesser a, a, a story is Gareth Berg, who's now 40, Middlesex, Hanson, Italy, um, his teams before moving on to North Ants. That's a thrashing. Sussex have shown some really good form this year as well. But they were 25 for seven. They go on to win by North Ants uh, by an innings and 120. So many great stories in this game, Harmy. There is, there is, and it's great. And, there's, and Northampton do that quite a bit. Pluck players from uh, the obscurity, pluck players from minor counties. They do go down the Colpac route a lot with, with Leicester. Nothing wrong with that, um, because obviously the finances of the game, this is the, the best way to run their feelers or to run their club. But to see someone like Ben Sanderson, who released by Yorkshire, played a lot of minor counties cricket and then bounced back, so far this season, this kid has bowled really, really well. Um, and I'm really pleased for him. Gareth Berg, um, another one, came out of a, a bigger county, going to a, a smaller county. I think he's a coach at uh, the it- Italy national team. So, you know, the guy knows the game inside out. Uh, and I, and, and they're, 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 they're brilliant. It's brilliant to, to, to see people still trying and wanting to be better. Yes, you know, you're earning, they're earning, they're living, they're looking to make a living for themselves. And they'll say it's the best way to make a living, play while you, you still can, like Darren Stephen does at 45. But a few problems for Sussex. They started a bit like Hampshire and, you know, their coal, their coal of the steam trains just running out as well. And the one person that isn't is Ollie Robinson. Um, it isn't. And this kid, I think, might not be far away from making his test Test debut against, or he playing in the first Test match against um, against New Zealand at at Lords, or playing at definitely Edgebaston. You know that number eight spot we talked about to Craig Overton, especially with uh, Ben Stokes potentially missing the first two Test matches. The, ra- the the role of all rounder in the middle, or a bowler who can bat at number eight, could be so invaluable for England. And Ollie Robinson not only showed this year with the ball, Ben in mind he's missed one of the games. Um, where he's been rested, he's actually done very, very well with the bat as well. So take nothing away from Northampton. They were absolutely brilliant. But I think Sussex have got a few few troubles there that might be boosted, hopefully be boosted this week by the return of Jofra Archer. He played in the second team. And if he plays this week, there's a, an outside chance he'll make the first test match. I think he has to play this week. And boy, does Sussex need him because they just need a little boost, I think, at this minute in time to get that train back on the track. And it could be 
the return of Jofra Archer. Northants have got a bit of a money ball feel about them, haven't they? They're yeah, sort definitely. Of, uh... Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. It is. It's a great way of putting it. The money ball theory that this is the way Northampton, and they've done that for a, for a while now. And the guys that the guys that have performed in the last few weeks didn't perform this week. So it's great to see you know the whole squad performing as a team and as a unit. So fair play to to Northampton. The only downside for Northampton is they're in the group with the wrong two. They're in the group with Yorkshire and Lancashire, and these two look as though they're they're, they're streets ahead of. Of, um, of anybody else they're playing good cricket as Yorkshire Lancashire so if, you're, if they were in the, the group two or in group one 68 points gets them on the cusp of, of being in that second spot but because of how strong the, the, the white and the red rows have been you, you think it's going to be difficult to get them in a position to, to qualify for group one or division one um, when the, the division split but keep going Northampton um, they're, doing a, they're doing well this season just to confirm then, Ben Sanderson took 10 for 99 and Gareth Berg 9 for 90. Sanderson was actually released uh, in 2011 by Yorkshire, having played only three games for them. He played some minor counties cricket with Shropshire, I think, and um, worked on the family farm, but never gave up. And um, and I, I just, yeah, I'm a, a sucker for a good story like that. <laughs> how, and, and, and how, you know, not saying they would have been, they would have been disappointed, but... Tom Taylor gets the last wicket of the game. You know, Berg, Berg's got five in the first, four in the second, Sanderson five and five. How good would it have been if, if Gareth Berg could have took the last wicket, 10 wickets each, 20 wickets in the match? Brilliant story that would have been. But Tom Taylor spoiled the party by getting the last wicket. But I'm sure that they're, they're, they're settled for the victory over, you know, what is a, a good win against a... A, a, a club which we in Sussex which would be fancied. Well, just to confirm, then at the top of Group Three, Lancashire and Yorkshire, who both drew rain rain enforced draws, really. Northamptonshire in third place there. Uh, Lancashire ninety three points, Yorkshire eighty six, Northamptonshire some way behind sixty eight, Glamorgan in fourth on fifty eight, Sussex and Kent bringing up the rear there on fifty one and thirty eight, and Kent looking all at sea, to be honest. Well, let's just have a quick look at Lancashire and Yorkshire. Jimmy Anderson return, um, three for 40, including the wicket of uh, Marnus Labaskachny or Labashane. And, uh, and Yorkshire drew with Kent. Again, Zach Crawley made 90, which is good news for England. Um, but there never really a result on the cards in either of those two games. Too much rain around. Yeah, too much rain around in the northeast. Um, I can vouch for that. Very little golf played in the... Uh... <laughs> In, on the, the northeast coast this week, um, it's been very, very miserable and it's been, it's been horrible weather. And to get outside and, and play, there, there's not been much chance. But out of the both games, England watch, because there's some big England players played in this game. Group got 41. Again, just, he's just out on the wheels, getting himself going, ready for... Doesn't want to waste a big 100 or a double 100 in county cricket. He wants to make sure he's saving them runs for when the international comes around. England captain at Lords, big 100. I can see it happening, first test. Um, so watch this spear. Zach Crawley, another one. Like Rory Burns, they just seem to be getting more and more runs each week, getting themselves ready for, for the first test match. So... Uh, good to see Zach, and it was brilliant to see Jimmy back. Brilliant to see Jimmy back playing um, again. Jimmy doesn't shy, he doesn't shy away from bowling overs. You know, twenty four overs, ten maidens, three for forty. You know, that's just a nice, nice, nice little trot out for for Jimmy Anderson. 
and I'm sure, like it's mentioned about Joe Root, just oil in the wheels, ready to go for that Lord's return when the best team in the world or the best ranked team in the world come over to the shores. And the one thing I will, the one one thing I was brilliant seeing an unbelievable cap catch. Um, Michael Nisa took a phenomenal catch um, in the I think it was late on in the Lancashire end. I think Saki Mahmood rib straight back at him, arm in the air, sticks. Perfect. Great catch. So, you know, these things like that, you see them now on the ECB feed and on social media. You know, it just shows the, the, the quality of, of cricket that is being played at this minute in time. It's not going unnoticed. I think with, I think, three million views last year, I think up until last week, three million people had watched the feed. Tells you, you know, cricket in this country is thriving. We've got players of Calibre, of Anderson and Root and all that playing. Um, and it's, it's there for everybody to see. So fair play. I think I honestly believe that it's affected the standard of play in many yeah. ways. You know, the, in the in the past, for, well, for over a century, but I mean, in recent years, you know, the county players have have thought, well, there's two men and a dog here, and you know, and the dog's the only one paying attention. But nowadays, uh, on social media, somebody just said, "Or oh, did you see that catch from Michael Nisa? Or did you see? Or have you seen? Um, have you seen this new kid that Durham's got?" Um, the fast bowler, you know, and, and you go, no, no, I haven't, but you can find it. You can, yeah. you know, you don't have to sit and watch the stream all day. You can go and find it and you do something special, bring up your hundred with a, with a six or whatever it is. Um, and you, you no longer have that. I I'm guessing that players no longer have that feeling that they are only being watched by two men and a dog. Absolutely. And I think to, to go a little bit further on that manners, there was a lot of criticism from us senior players, ex-England players who have you know, been around a bit, who criticised Ed Smith and, and uh, James Taylor for sitting at test matches. They're on their iPad. They're going, you know, you, you, would, get, you would get people having a go. You know, Michael Vaughan, a few others would have a go, saying, you know, what they're doing, why they're not watching county cricket. Well, they were watching county cricket. They were seeing what we're seeing now. And I think that is, is so much better for the game. Players are under pressure. If you're looking to pick a young player to play international cricket, how can he handle the pressure? Well, if everybody can see him playing every single minute of the day and see his mannerisms, see his body language, see how he's how he's handling facing Jimmy Anderson, you know, with nobody there under pressure like that. If you're a young batsman, well, everybody in the world can see it now with a click of a button, and that for me is brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic, and I can't see it enough. Fair play to the ECB for for getting this out there and making it so accessible for everybody in the world to see, you know, what a great game we play. And just to wrap up, uh, Group 2 then, Gloucester, Somerset, uh, well clear at the top, Hampshire and Surrey in uh, in the third and fourth place, and Middlesex and Leicester cut loose at the bottom there of uh, Group 2. And Group 1, knots have uh, moved to the top there above Warwickshire, Worcester and third, Durham in fourth, uh, Essex and Derbyshire in fifth and sixth places. Well, Harmi, we've got a couple of minutes left to talk about what else is happening in the world of cricket. Indian Premier League is obviously not happening, but it is going to happen. I'm absolutely convinced that uh, whatever collateral damage has to occur, whatever series have to be moved or cancelled, whether they be bilateral or, or whatever, the Indian Premier League is too big not to be finished. And I think anything will be moved. We said this last week, apart from the T20 World Cup, 
anything and everything will be moved and sacrificed if necessary to finish it off. What are, what are you hearing? Where do you think they might finish it? We've heard well, rumours are everywhere from England to Sri Lanka to the moon. Yeah, the, the moon could be the could be the best place at this minute in time. So they just sent people to Mars. So we got look. It has to play. I'm agreeing with you. And again, I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be as as arrogant as egotistical to say right. It's happening there. No matter what's happening, you're moving. You're moving. You're moving. I think they'll try and find a way of working with everybody. Wouldn't surprise me if it's straight after the English series before the T20 World Cup. That brings Pakistan's England and going to Pakistan. Could that be in, in a little bit of jeopardy? Did they go to the UAE? The UAE seems to be the best place to be, whether they go to Sri Lanka or not. They've, they've offered, England have offered. But it just seems that the, the BCCI have got an agreement with the UAE. I wouldn't surprise me if the UAE holds the T20 World Cup. So it could be like a little mini warm-up for the uh, the players to get ready for the for the T20 World Cup, two weeks before the, the the World Cup happens, then you'll find the end of the Indian Premier League. Because let's be fair, ninety percent of the big hitters that are going to play in the T20 World Cup will be in the T will be in the the re- remainder of the the Indian Premier League. So it just seems that it all goes hand in hand. It fits and it moves forward. And if the odd T20 tournament, oh, the odd T20 series between countries gets moved that seems to be the the logical outcome because if you go after the world cup we are looking at some big big things that need moving then there'll be questions about the bcci showing flexing their muscles i don't think they'll want that to happen so i imagine the logical thing would be do it just before the t20 world cup and it'll be a nice little warm-up for the tournament India named their 20-man squad for the uh, for the England tour for the five test matches and for the World Test Championship final. I mean, in, in 20 names, you're not going to have too many surprising omissions, but it was a, a shock to me that Bhuvneshwar Kumar wasn't in it. Um, we'll talk about that in a moment if we've got time. But I wanted to ask you about a story in the Sunday Times in which um, Chris Silverwood was set to offer the the five contenders for the test team the chance to make themselves available or otherwise for the New Zealand uh, Test Series. So that's Johnny Bester, Joss Butler, Chris Wokes, Mo and Ali and Sam Curran in contention for the Test team. They are obviously serving quarantine. So they, particularly for the seamers, Curran and, and Wokes, they need, you know, they need to get their workloads up or keep their workloads up to be ready and, and Test match fit. But it was a level of, of consultation between coach and players that, Surprised me, yeah, I'm assuming that it, it, is, it is true, that he was going to offer them the chance or, or at least ask them uh, if they were available for that, that test series. What did you make of that? Yeah, I, I don't know what I make of it, to be honest, man. As I'm really torn between the two. And do you, oh, by the way, do you, want to, do you want to play for England this week? I'm just baffled by that. If that's how it's gone down. Look, if that's how it's gone down, I've got serious question marks against the way you know, the selection panel is going to work, if that's the case. Just, oh, by the way, do you want to play for England this week? You know, I'm not bothered if you don't. Go back and play for Sussex. And have a, if you're ready to play for England, or you're picked to play for England, you play. You know, if you're an England contractor player, you play. I'm always players having a lot more power and a lot more chance to go and play in tournaments around the world and the financial resources that come with that. But like I said before, you're playing for the England cricket team. We should be picking the best team we possibly can every single time. 
I can understand from a workload point of view, we work with a consultation with the medical staff, and this is probably how it's happened. A consultation with the medical staff, what does it take to get you to a position to be test match ready? If it means you miss the first two test matches, so be it. I'm assuming that's the way the conversation's gone. If it is the way Simon Riles wrote it, which is, oh, we've had a consultation, we're going to ask them if they want to play. No, that's wrong. That is completely wrong for me. So I would imagine it's the first one. It's, we need to get your workloads up. We'll see where you're at. But be, be, don't be surprised if we're not going to play in the first test match. I hope it's that way. Especially when you look at the other side of it. Craig Overton, we've spoke to him earlier today. 61 wickets since 2020 an average of 13. If he gets picked for that first test match because you said to Joffrey Archer or Chris Wokes, do you want to play? Nah, I don't fancy playing this week. You know, Brighton Beach, got a four ball booked at Lot Loman. I'll, I'll come back for the second test match. Doesn't happen. And I'm sure, I'm just being, I'm just being facetious. But you've got to think of the people who you are selecting. If you're giving people a chance to, make, to miss out, you're selecting somebody and playing with not only their emotions, they're playing with their career and their destiny and where it goes from there. Because if you're telling somebody that they're not, that you're given the option to not play and they don't play, it's basically you're telling them that when they fancy a game, I'll put my hand up and say, by the way, coach, you know, it was your choice to leave me out. It was your choice to give me the option not to play. When they do say, well, why am I not playing now? You put them back in. You're just opening a whole can of worms in a dressing room environment you do not need. At the end of the day, if these players are ready to play, pick them to play. If they're not, then let them go and play county cricket and a good volume of county cricket because we've seen that the standard's very, very good to get themselves to put their hat in the ring to play. We're not dog and duck. We're England national cricket team. We play the best two teams in the world this summer in seven test matches. And then we've got the Ashes at the end of it. Don't give anybody a chance to miss out, cop out, or even give you the excuse to really fractionize the dressing room. Pick your best team for that game and go forward from there because I think in the winter that what's, that's what caused us a hell of a lot of problems You've been listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me Neil Manthorpe and the great Steve Harmison if you've missed any of the show or wish to catch up you can listen back to the podcast now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks for listening The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.